marriage. Um, and we're doing this leading up to a marriage ministry that we're, that we're kicking off on February 13th. Uh, in your bulletin and online, you can find out more about this. Uh, this is uh, something that we feel really passionate about at Catalyst. Uh, we decided to do a marriage series because uh, in 2020, we saw a lot of marriages break apart. Um, we actually had a marriage series uh, in, in, the, in the summer of 2020, but we wanted to do another one to kick off this uh, series and this ministry. So if you're interested in that, once you go online, sign up for it online for couples. If you have kids, we have childcare available as well uh, for that. Um, if you are online, thank you so much for deciding to worship with us. Uh, if you are a first-time person here or online, could you guys do me a favor? In your bulletin, there's a perforated uh, part. If you could fill that out, uh, give it to me, give it to Dave, who's the person that's speaking on stage. If you're online, your online host can direct you to our website where we have a digital version of that as well. We would love to get to know you, and we'd love to see if Catalyst is a possible home church opportunity for you guys. Um, my name is Rob. Uh, I'm, one of the stu- I'm, one of the, I'm the student pastor here. I've been here for uh, almost six years um, now, and it has been an absolutely crazy ride. Um, for some of you guys know, uh, I, I've, I've been with my wife um, now for six years, and uh, I only get to preach on stage probably five or six times a year. Um, and every single time, I kind of give a little story of our marriage. Um, so for those who have been around for a long time, kind of know our relationship and some of the stories that we've been going through over, uh, over the past little while. But I want to get this out of the way now. Kaylee's and I relationship is not perfect. It's not perfect whatsoever. It's not always been smooth. We've had our arguments. Um, we've said irrational things like, I love you, but I really don't like you right now. Uh, we've disagreed about money. We've disagreed about our housing situation. We've, we've disagreed on TV shows. We've disagreed on where to eat. Uh, we've, and, and she has trusted me quite often with the taking care of the house, you know, making sure that things get fixed, which I had no business of fixing, and has cost us more money, which has brought on more. We've just gone through a bunch of little things. Our relationship is not perfect at all. But through, through all of that, I remember at the beginning of our relationship, we made some choices. We, we had discussions about how we were going to be counterculture in our, in our marriage, how we were going to make sure that everything we were going to do in our marriage, we were going to persevere, and we were going to make sure we were rooted in Scripture. And I want to share some of those things with you guys today, if that's all right. Before we get started, now all that Kaylee and I, as you understand, our relationship isn't perfect. I want everybody to understand that no one's relationship is perfect. I don't care what you look like on Sunday morning when you come through the doors. I don't care what you look like on Facebook. I don't care about your Instagram posts. I don't care if you put hashtag marriage is awesome, hashtag perfect marriage, hashtag Mr. and Mrs. forever. I know that your marriage isn't perfect. The marriages that I, want to, that I have studied and I have talked about are the marriages that have perse- persevered through it all. The ones that have gone through thick and thin together and decided the main thing today, we're just not going to quit. Kaylee and I were married on May 3rd, 2014, uh, one week after we both graduated Bible college. And uh, as soon as we got back from our honeymoon, uh, we both went to the store to get groceries uh, for our first week, and we bought chicken, uh, mac and cheese, and a can of green beans. About all we could afford. Yeah, everybody understands that. 
And I went out be, behind our apartment, and, I, and I, was, I, I was given a grill for my father-in-law. It was a great grill. It had four burners, and only the first one worked. So it took, like, forever to cook this chicken, which stirred our first argument of, when is the food going to be done? I was like, I have no idea. I have no idea. But I remember us sitting down at the table for our first meal together, and we're like, what are we going to do? This is completely new to us. And we sat there, and we discussed so many different things amongst each other. We talked about the, the good things and the bad things of marriage. Uh, we, we talked about the potential things of ministry and what that's going to bring, and, and future careers, and that was going to bring. But we wanted to make sure that we came up with a couple things that we knew at the end of the day we were being successful and we were going to persevere through marriage. If it's okay with you guys, I'd like to share these three things with you. The first one is this. Your current situation will not last forever. A year into our marriage, God called us to Nicholsville, Kentucky, here, and to be a part of a, a, a on staff as part-time youth minister. Um, and, and those uh, who know the situation, been around for a long time, that was 100% God-ordained. That was not something of my doing, uh, not something that of, of John and Dave's doing. This was something that came out of the blue that, that we knew for a fact that God was calling us to, for, to Nicholsville, Kentucky, to do ministry here. Um, at the time, uh, Cattle had just moved into this building, um, so they, they promised us a, a $600 a month thing so that we could come here and do youth ministry. So we found an apartment in Lexington, Kentucky. There wasn't very many opened at the time because we moved uh, in the middle of college season. We found an apartment that cost $700 a month. So we, we came here with a guarantee of $600. We were already spending it all. So we, we, we scrambled really quickly to find some extra jobs. Luckily, my job that I had in high school took me back, which was crazy. Uh, I worked at Gaddy Town, and uh, so I was a youth minister and then was with more kids uh, during the week, uh, which was great. I, I loved it. Uh, Kaylee um, got a job as a part-time employee at Kroger, which was right down the road. We actually knew the manager. We got lucky uh, with that. And I remember at the end of the summer, um, we sat down together, and we were having dinner and I opened up the laptop to just kind of look through the finances. And I remember um, just like having this sinking feeling in my stomach. And I closed the laptop and I was like, man, I don't know if this is worth it. I don't know if we should continue doing this because if we continue down this path, we're not going to be able to survive very much longer in this situation. And I remember coming into, uh, um, on Monday, this is the only day that I was in the office. I went into Dave's office and he could tell that I was probably struggling with something. Uh, and I, I just kind of expressed to him my frustration and my, and my sinking feeling in my stomach, and I was, I was frustrated, and I, and I started to believe that God wasn't going to take care of us in this situation. I still remember this to this day, but it, it, it's, it's something when you go through it, it means something different. Dave said this to me. He said, stay faithful to what God has given you, and he will provide he mentioned that one of the, the great signs of leadership is God gives you something small to be faithful with. And once you, you, you choose and you, you show that you're faithful to something so small, he might give you something bigger in return. Stay faithful and he'll provide. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8 says this, There's a time for everything. And a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, 
a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Everything has a season in our life. On one hand, it's a sobering reminder that nothing lasts forever. But it's also so encouraging to know that in difficult times, it's inevitably going to be followed with a time of peace in your life. I've witnessed so many people in our our life and in our church stay faithful and move past the time that they're currently in. Don't allow this small little rock in the road that might seem like a boulder at the time stop you from going forward to, from what God is telling you to be faithful to. Never, never, never stop. I remember a year after we were in that current situation with our apartment, with, we didn't think that we were going to make it through. Um, God blessed us with something bigger to take care of. We were able to purchase our first home here in Nicholsville, and we were so excited. Uh, We also learned that there's a thing called closing costs in that situation, which kind of destroyed our bank account in the process. So we're kind of tight for a little bit, but we're excited because we had this new home. We had this new opportunity to stay faithful to what God had blessed us with. And like a month later, we had this massive storm in Nicholsville. This was one of those storms that like everybody on your street gets a new roof after and like everybody's planting new trees and new bushes. Like that, it was one of those storms. And I come home for lunch and there is water pouring into our dining room, just just flooding our dining room completely. And I come into the office and I'm just frustrated. I'm going on this rant about how terrible owning a house is and how I have to fix it and I have to pay for it and all these terrible things. And Dave and John look at each other and just start busting out laughing. And Dave smacks me on the back of the head or the back, I don't know, he just smacked me. And he said, every house has one. You're just lucky you found it earlier. I didn't find that very funny. Until uh, our, our friends, um, Lisa and Ian Sayre, who are part of our church, Ian's doing sound today, um, they bought their first house a year after we did. And a couple months after they went through that, uh, they had a big incident like we did. And I did the same thing to them, where I smacked in the back and, and started laughing at them. I felt a little bit better after that. Um, things happen, things break. Money gets tight, conversations go south, family drama happens, COVID-19 happens, change of job happens, things in life happen. But if you make the decision now to understand that everything has a season, it's a lot easier to persevere in the long run. The year three of our marriage, Kaylee and I um, learned something about our, our, um, our relationship that one in four couples are either currently going through or go through in their life. Uh, we learned that Kaylee uh, and I were going to have a very, very difficult time having kids. Or maybe never, we weren't able to have kids at all. When we realized something was off, uh, we went to the doctor and we learned that Kaylee um, has something called PCOS, uh, which is a very, very common thing we've, we found out amongst ladies. And it's also something that isn't talked about amongst ladies very often. And, and and we started the treatments immediately for two months, and we were kind of, uh, we, were, we were devastated, but our doctor was like, we're very good at getting people to get pregnant, which we were excited about. 
And two months into that, uh, that current situation, uh, we found out that we were pregnant with our first, and we were so excited about it. Uh, and then two weeks later, uh, unfortunately, we lost um, that pregnancy due to miscarriage. And I know how I felt in that situation. I, I, I felt a lot of different emotions that I never felt before. Um, but I, I witnessed my wife go through something that I don't wish upon anybody. I saw her go through pain and suffering. And after many long, sleepless nights and hard conversations and a lot of crying and, and frustration, Haley finally said something to me that I'd been feeling for a very long time in this situation, but I'd never had the guts to actually say it. She looked at me and said, I feel like a failure. Like I said, I, I've, been feel, I've felt that way um, whenever, we, whenever we heard the, the news that she had this thing because this was the first time in our marriage that I couldn't fix it. I couldn't immediately just change the situation by, by uh, pretending to know how to fix it. And this is a conversation that, that everyone in their marriage needs to have, and I think that's why I need to bring it up today. Have you ever felt like a, a failure in your marriage? A failure maybe in your relationship? And the reason I bring this up is because I think this is the number one reason for, divor- for divorce. Now, there are other reasons that people, the final reason of why people get a divorce, but I think this is at the core of the reasons why people end up splitting in the long run is that it starts with them feeling like they are a failure in their marriage, and they go to look for something else to fill that void. So in this, I I did some research on men and women and feeling like failures, and I'm going to bring some of these things up because I think marriages need to have these conversations because a lot of these things, we feel like failures, but in reality, we're not failing at all. It's just something that we've decided in our minds. For men, we're going to talk about us first, guys. The, the men are very simple in their failures, but inside those simplicity things, it's kind of complex, and there's a bunch of different things that can go along with these two failures. The first one is failure to provide. Uh, this can come in a, a bunch of different ways for men, um, but this normally comes in the things of money, um, failure to provide security for the family, maybe failure to provide transportation, failure to, to provide certain types of knowledge for their family, maybe skills. And a lot of these things actually come after the kids leave the household, or is when, when dads or, or guys start to realize that they are, they are failures in this, this, this category. I know for me and, and my wife, I've, I've had these failures. I've had times where we were struggling with money, I felt like a failure. When I, when I had multiple jobs and, and I felt like I was scrambling, I felt like a failure. And, and, I, and I, I, I felt these things. I never voiced it to my wife, but internally, I, I felt like I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing as a, as a husband. The second thing that guys struggle with in their marriage is a failure of success. This is interesting because the value of success is not something that's written down in a book. It's not something that you're told from a young age that is success. It's something that is brought upon by your peers. And the value of success is different in every single nation. The, the value of success here, the value of success in China, in India. If you go on a mission trip, you see that guys act differently in every nation because their value of success is measured differently in every single case. So I don't understand why we decide in our minds that we are failures in success when our real success comes from something else. Now, women, it's a completely different thing. 
Women feel failure in ways that men don't understand and will never understand. And I think this is why a lot of these conversations kind of bring up and kind of heated because, guys, we don't understand some of this stuff. I, I want to list five things um, that are the top five things that, that ladies uh, struggle with and decide that they are failures in when they're not. The first one is this, a failure to become a biological mother. A huge failure amongst a lot of ladies. Even if they have the ability to adopt in their relationship, they still feel like a failure because they did not have their own child. The second one is this, uh, the failure because of body image. And this is another thing that's brought on by an outside source because, because God provided you with the body that you needed to be successful in your life and for you to worship God in the best way possible. But for some reason, ladies think they should look some, another way. And actually, when it comes to mirrors, I have witnessed this, and I know through research that women are actually uh, tried to live their life as the, so they can avoid mirrors, maybe in their household or around. The third thing is this, the, if the living space is not up to par. And if, some, if a couple's, if somebody's, if they're housing somebody or somebody's coming over, if the house is not up to the par that, that they think it should be. And this is viewed from TV shows or social media of what their house should look like and it doesn't. They feel like failures in that way. And the fourth thing comes across motherhood. I think every single mom out there probably doesn't feel like they did a great job at some point in their motherhood, which is not true. You guys are doing a great job. I've ministered to your kids. You guys are doing awesome. But these are things that are comparisons to other mothers out there. And I know because uh, um, I've, I've, I've witnessed this firsthand. You know, not being able to breastfeed as long as possible. Not, your kid isn't sleeping, or maybe not as long as your friend's kid. Your kid's not eating in the, in the rapid pace that they should or probably can't handle certain foods. Your kid's not walking fast enough, not talking fast enough, not pooping as many times as the other kid down the street. I've heard it. It's there. Dave's laughing because he's heard it too. You know, the, the number five thing, which um, actually broke my heart, I heard this firsthand. I was at an East-West football game, and uh, I just sit back, and uh, me and a couple other youth ministers kind of hang out because we have kids that are playing, and uh, we like to talk to the parents a little bit. Um, but I overheard a mother talk to some of her friends about this situation, and it made me sick to my stomach. Um, she um, went through pregnancy, and whenever it came time to have her child, um, she had an emergency C-section, which is a very common thing uh, amongst um, births. And she felt like a failure because she didn't have her kid the natural way. And I'm, I'm, I knew her kid. Her kid was twice my size and playing linebacker on East West Ham. I think he's doing all right. But, my, but women feel a, fa- a failure because of these things. We need to understand this because these things can, can start a cycle within our marriage that we don't understand. It can, it can start where the wife feels like a failure and the guy feels like a failure because he can't fix it immediately. And then the woman feels like she's a failure because she can't please her spouse in the way and immediately fix him. And then because of that, they go back and forth in frustration because the, the guy thinks the woman's mad at her and the woman thinks the, the, the man's mad at her And then they're arguing about something that they probably shouldn't have started in the first place. 
All of this started because of comparison in our life. And comparison kills the joy in every situation. But I, I, I wanna, want you guys to understand something, something that me and my wife talked about often, but it's, it's, it's hard until we, you're actually in that situation. Second thing is this. Your worth is found in Jesus, not in what you can independently produce. I need you guys to understand this. Your worth is found in Jesus, not in what you can independently produce. Romans 8, 1 says, says this, Therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Condemnation means the expression of very strong disapproval. You have no condemnation if you are in Christ Jesus. We need to make sure we're not finding our worth in things that other people are doing, but we find our worth in Jesus first in our marriages. We have no reason to believe that our Creator is dis disappointed at us at any time in our life because it says we have no condemnation. If we want to preserve our marriage, if we want to persevere in our marriage, we have no reason to believe that our, our, our spouse or anybody is going to be disapproval of us in any way because our worth is found in Jesus and not what our neighbors are doing. If you guys are married now, there's no reason to show off anymore. I spent six years trying to show off to Kaylee to get her to marry me. And when I try to show off now, I just throw out my back. Our worth is found in Jesus, not the success of our world. We need to make sure that if you feel like a failure in your marriage, have a conversation with your spouse. You need to have that conversation with your spouse. Because I promise you, you're not a failure. You're not a failure in your marriage. You guys are doing really well. The third thing is this, and is also our main thing, is don't quit. And everything, don't quit. But this only works if both parties understand this. This only works if both of you guys come together in your marriage and you say, we are not going to quit. A lot of marriages end because they think the other person is disapproving of them. Or a lot of marriages end because there's a lot of distrust in the marriage because because they both did not come together and say, we are not going to quit. I'm going to tell you guys, when things get crappy in your, in your marriage, just don't quit. When you feel like you failed in your marriage, don't quit. When your plan didn't go as you thought it would, man, don't quit. Outlast it. You both come together and commit then you will persevere every single time. I'm gonna ask the band to come back up. All three of these things Kaylee and I talked about at the beginning of our marriage, back in 2014. Probably within the first three month of months of marriage, we, we came across these three different things in our marriage, and we've done our best to live by these for the past six, I mean, past uh, seven years. But I wanna tell you guys this. It's one thing to know these three things in marriage. But it feels a lot better whenever you live through them. 
whenever when you're in that current situation and you say, look, it stinks right now, but we're going to persevere through it. Or whenever you feel like a failure in marriage and you say, look, my failure doesn't really matter because my worth's in Jesus and I'm going to persevere this current situation and we're going to just not quit together. The coolest thing, if you guys come together and you decide you are not going to quit, the stress of your life just comes off of your shoulders because you don't have to worry about the other person all the time. You guys are apart, you don't have to worry about the other person because you know that person's not gonna quit. Whenever you make a decision in your marriage or your job, you know that person is gonna stick with you through the thick and thin because you know they're not going to quit. But it only matters if you do the same thing to your spouse that they're doing to you. Or if they wanna make a job change. Like, we're in it together, we're not gonna quit. Something happens in your family or your friends, things right now. You're like, we're not gonna quit, we're gonna persevere through it because there will be blessing and peace at some point. We need to remember our worth is found in Jesus Christ. And we need to remember if you're not in, if you don't like your current situation, just wait it out. I promise it will get better eventually. But above all else, you need to remember, just don't quit. Dear Father, I just want to thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for all the incredible marriages out here and their awesome kids that I've got to minister to over the past six years. God, if there's anyone in this room that feels like a failure in your marriage, I pray that you show that their worth is found in you and not in the things that they're thinking about. God, I pray today as we leave this worship space, that a great conversation have come about so that marriages can become stronger. God, I want to pray for our marriage ministry that's going to start in two weeks. That so much, so many people and so many marriages are benefited from the ministry that is starting. God, thank you so much. Thank you for not quitting on us, showing us that example. Your son Jesus dying on the cross for us. God, you are good. That's the song in your son's name.